everyone, Tyler Tambolin here, aka Totag and Tambo, back for another edition of the Thursday Night Football Picks and Bet Show. Going to be talking all things Miami Dolphins at Cincinnati Bengals. Got a game total of 47. Got the Bengals favored at home by four. We'll get into that though here in a minute. Before we get into it, want to remind everyone very quickly: this show is brought to you and presented by PrizePicks.com. Head on over to PrizePicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself 100% on your first deposit up to $100. So check that out. Got two big prize picks coming for you this week. We need a big bounce back. Last week was a little bit off, but as always, we're going to get to DraftKings later on too. And last week on this show, we talked about Amari Cooper. We talked about getting off Chubb and the captain, all these different factors, which actually led to myself shipping the Thursday night football slate with a few of my friends, but it was a good day overall, almost 40,000 up top for that. So stick, stick around for that. We're going to get to DraftKings later on and do it as we always do going through captains strategies talk a little bit about the injuries game flow everything that goes with it but first let's dive into these prize picks and i've got two like i said for you guys this week uh not necessarily a positive video scenario here for this week but i will say uh we're looking at some injury stuff right we're waiting to see what ends up happening with tua waddle to me though sounds good walk through on tuesday we'll see how that plays out and he's my first guy here why my first prize pick of the week is gonna be waddle over 65 and a half receiving yards Looking at the numbers, 69 in week one, 171 in week two, and 102 in week three, for me, looks like a good spot. Every week he's been over it, and here, I actually expect Cincinnati to dominate in this game. The spread opened up around one, one and a half. It's already up to four. I also think the total is low at 47. I think it's going to go over that. I'll talk more about that in a second with my second prize pick, but first prize pick, Jalen Waddell, over 65 and a half receiving yards. Matches up at most places right now, but put that on your card first on prize picks. Use that one. My second one is going to be with Mr. Joe Burrow. And this is where I think this comes into play. And I talked about, I think it's going to go over the 47, all these factors. Miami, the blitz rate, the pressure, all of that. That actually may come at some surprise, but uh, this may come at some surprise, I should say. But Joe Burrow is actually very good against the blitz. And so while he will still take sacks, the O-line has looked in shambles. At least the first couple weeks, they finally bounced back last week getting a W. But I do think they'll still take sacks. But I think what that will lead to is a bunch of pass completions. And right now on prize picks, the over on pass completions is 24 and a half. So I really like that. So Waddle over 65 and a half receiving yards. Burrow over 24 and a half completions. And like I said, when you've got that, it'll relate later when we talk more on DFS. But hitting guys like Mixon, Hurst, Boyd. Higgins, who we'll wait on and see, but looks like he's going to be okay. And then you've got Chase, of course, but even if they try and lock down Chase, I just see a bunch of these short completions. If you want a bonus prize picks, I would go after this one. This one I've seen already as high as 275 and a half elsewhere, but prize picks still has it. Joe Burrow over 269 and a half passing yards. I just didn't like it as much as the completions because we could see a game where he throws for 250, but he has 26, 27 of those short completions. So Keep that in mind when you're looking at it and building out your, your power plays and everything on the site this week. I do think this is a week to get after it, though, and I think that we're going to bounce back in a big way here. And I think, again, Bengals come through and we see the over. That's going to do it for prize picks, though, this week, guys. Just had those quick two, gave you the bonus one. Want to bounce back after last week, but we are going to move on to DraftKings. Before we talk about DraftKings, I do want to remind you guys of where you can find me. Talked earlier on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. I put out a thread every Saturday. It's got my tidbits in there. It's all the best finds that I find around the industry from free content that is just things you can use for your bets, daily fantasy play, all those things that you're doing out there. And it's really helpful. People love that. If you can help, 
retweet it, share it around. I do appreciate it. And then, of course, rumpiersports.com. You guys can get over there. We've had a huge couple weeks. Week two, week three, just absolutely smashed. All sports, one price. Check it out, rumpiersports.com. Let's dive in, though, guys. Let's go to this DraftKings stuff. Like I said, we're, we're still waiting on some injury stuff. So going through it quickly off the top, I talked about Waddle, limited participant on Tuesday. Going looking at Tua, he's the one I worry a little bit more about, but said he w- they said today he would have been a limited participa- participant at practice and is considered questionable. So we'll have to wait and see on him. If not, of course, we'll get all Teddy B. Bridgewater. So um, that's something to keep an eye on here. And note, I would not say, again, he's not Tua, so you're not going to sub him in as that, but the price is you know acor- goes according to that on DraftKings. So if you do decide to plug in uh, Tua lineups early and then it turns out that it ends up being Bridgewater, I would have no problem just substituting it, leaving the money on the table, and then you're going to be unique anyway. So just keep that in mind. And then Higgins, like I mentioned earlier, they took the Q tag off of him, full participant at Tuesday. So sounds like he's going to be good to go, as I mentioned earlier. Um, let's talk about captains first, though. I think this is the first thing. Again, have yourself a strategy for the slate. For me, the pretty straightforward one is what I talked about. I'm going to play Cincinnati wins and over. That That's just how I see this game shaking out. I think it is going to be that way. And so everyone's pretty affordable. Chase and Hill are the two guys that are the most expensive up top. So I can see, you know, once you put in Chase in captain, you still have over 6,700. And when you start using kickers, defenses, like this is another thing about this week, right? I think you can play... Um, you know, let's say you play Chase in the captain. Let's go back here for a second. And then you go to Joe Burrow in the flex. You have 59.75, but I think you could actually still play the Dolphins defense at 4,000. You still have almost 6,700 to spend for your last three spots. And I know most people aren't playing a defense versus a quarterback, but to put it out there, it's a spot where, like I said, you could see Burrow take five or six sacks, but still be part of a big game here, just throwing it a ton, hitting his guys in motion like Chase or any of those guys across the field that can then make it into a big play. I do wonder, and this is something you'll have to wait for and see on Thursday when you get later in the day building your showdown lineups, is see what the ownership looks like on a guy like Chase, a captain, because at the price, maybe he gets held down a little bit just because people think Xavier Howard can lock him down or you know this blitz is gonna get to Joe Burrow and he's not gonna have time. But what I see is, like I said earlier, it doesn't, everyone assumes with Chase, a guy like him, it has to be this big bomb 80 yard touchdown. We would love that, of course, but don't forget he could just hit him on a little 10 yard slant and and then Chase is good enough to, very, very good, obviously, to find his way to the box from there. And I think at 16,500 in the captain, maybe people are off him just a little bit. And if that's the case, I have even more interest. If not, I saw a pretty crazy stat the other day that actually showed of all the snaps, Higgins and Chase, have ever played together. It's like 561 snaps or something like that. Maybe whatever the time frame was, I'm not sure. I'll probably tweet it out again on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. I'll tweet it out this week for sure. But it was like uh, very close in the numbers between them. And actually Higgins had more PPR points on DraftKings than him average over that time frame. And Higgins is 12-3. So when you do the exact same lineup, I just said, just making this up off the top, is kind of like a mini core. Higgins with Burrow, Dolphins, and you can still get other guys in there from the Dolphins side. I'm just saying now you have almost 8,000 per position. So even if two, if Tua plays and you can get him in there, now you still have over almost $7,500 per your last two spots. So there's lots of ways that you can go about it there. Other captains that I would look at here, Joe Mixon. Uh, again, this is a guy that's just getting all the work for his team. I know last week was a little bit different. I'll talk about that in a second. So he didn't get uh, a lot of the scoring, but he had still seven targets 
and he still had 12 attempts on the ground. So the targets are what matter most to me. When we talk about what I said earlier with the blitz, the pressure, everything that Miami brings, I do think there's an opportunity for him to see a bunch of these catches over the middle that will obviously start to rack up and add up as the game goes on. And then if you can catch one and get into the box from Joe Burrow, I think that would be pretty unique, right? You have Mixon at captain for 13-5. Many that do that won't play Burrow. And I'll have lineups that do that and don't play Burrow, trust me. But I'm just saying, if you were to play Burrow, it's clearly fine. Like I said, if you go back to it, this is just this season so far. Seven targets in week three, four in week two, nine in week one. So however you see this play, game playing out, he still gets those attempts. The other spot that we saw, and this is what I wanted to talk about a little bit, was Samaje Pirine. And if you go look at him, so last week he had two targets, but he got nine attempts on the ground for 47 yards. So interesting spot here. He is priced up, right? He's 11,100. It's not much less than Mixon. So I think that makes it a little bit interesting. I probably won't love him or have him in the captain, but in the flex, you could go with him instead of Mixon in some lineups and hope that he eats his lunch a little bit where Mixon will still get popular, especially in the flex at just 9,000. So that's just something to keep in mind out front. Lastly, the other guy for me, and I was just looking at his pricing here, uh, go all the way down to it. He's 8,100 in the captain. That's Hayden Hurst. He's a guy that I think, again, he was full participant on Tuesday. You go back and look at it. Um, you know, only two targets last game, but the weeks before that, seven and eight, he only played 39% of the snaps last week. So I think if you want to play someone that's a bit different, here's an example. You go Hurst in the captain at 8,100. I would want to pair him up. So I would, meaning with Burrow, you don't always have to have guys paired up. People make that rule and just force it in. It's a good rule to have, but the reason you don't need it is because some games you just get a volume set up where usually it's better in lower scoring games to do this, but where you just need those PPR points and the volume and the quarterbacks with 220 passing yards, 10, 15 rush yards on the ground and only one touchdown don't always mean that they're in the winning lineup or are required to build it out. So that's where you don't always need that rule. This one, I would have this rule 100% with a guy like Hurst. But again, Hurst in the in the captain, Burrow in the flex leaves you almost 8,100 per spot with four remaining. If you want to run it back with Tua, that's going to leave you 7,600. If you run it back with Tua and Waddle, who I liked earlier, just the the more of a safety net right? For Tua, assuming that if it is Bridgewater, I'm still fine with it. I just wanted to say that, you know, so you guys knew, but Tua with Waddle there, you still have almost $6,500. So just a lot of different ways you can go within these builds. And I think that's sort of where I would leave that from a captain perspective in the flex and going down the board, looking at some of these punts, kickers and D I think are fine here. I will say one thing, if it is Bridgewater that comes in, I think the Bengals will get very popular and even be used in the captain. And that's where I just think they would have a different plan, right? They still have Mostert. They still have Edmonds. They still have their guys that they can hit up over the middle. And I think that's where you would see the Bengals be popular. And I would just happy to be more off them, even though it seems like it. We saw this just, uh, what was it? Week two on the main slate when everyone played the Bengals versus Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys, it turned into four points for the Bengals there. And it's not because they're not a good defense necessarily. It's more of a product that the backup quarterback has something else in, in, they have something else designed for their backup quarterback, which in this case is going to be likely Teddy Bridgewater, you know, if, if two is out. So I would see uh, what you can do there. Look at how you can build those lineups differently and just don't think you need to have the Bengals D just because that situation happens again with this show. We got to do it a little bit different because we don't have the final news yet, but some of the other punts just going down, both kickers, I think are definitely in play. There's definitely spots where that pressure could get to Joe Burrow on a 
third and five in range and they just don't pull it off and boom, they got to kick a field goal with Evan McPherson. So I think him, Sanders, both in play for sure. I like the Miami D more than the Bengals D, which like I said, gets interesting if it ends up being Teddy Bridgewater. So there's that. Mike Thomas is another guy going down. If you look here, uh, nothing really in the last couple of games, but if you look back to game one, he did have five targets. So something to keep an eye on just as a guy that could come in. And then, um, one other guy I was looking at here. Oh, Mostert, who I mentioned earlier. He let every They've been flip-flopping with their running backs. And so I did mention him just because, like I said, it could be somebody else on the Miami side. But if you go back and look, two targets last game, three the week before, only one. But the, it's the attempts. Even last week when he failed everybody, you know, a lot of people wanted to play him on the main slate at 4,500. This would be a perfect flop leg spot. Eight attempts still, just did nothing with them. Edmonds is the guy that I think more will go to here, but you get a bit of a discount. Edmonds is 6,200 and Mostert's only 4,400. So I don't hate dropping down there. And, and that's just another way that I think you could get different on this slate. I'll have a, another show over at Rumpier Sports where we're going through more of this tomorrow. Myself, Big T, JSU, where we go through and actually break down with, once we have the final injury news, the inactives, the full ownership, all of that on our YouTube channel at Rumpier Sports. So check that out. All right, so let's move on to the main slate. You guys know if you've been here before, we always do a little quick preview of the main slate. If you want a full preview with more ownership, more injury news, more of all of that, myself and Mayo get on his show every Friday in the live studio where we're going to go through, break everything down. If you guys aren't yet subscribed here, do us a favor, hit that like button below, hit that subscribe button to get the notifications for all these free shows coming out, including this one every week, all the ones he does at the same picks and bets on Monday, Saturday, the live show chat on Sunday he does. And then of course our show comes out on this channel that we record on Friday, the aforementioned live show where we go through all the main slate stuff. And right off the top, I have another prize picks for you guys. I think this one is a little bit low. We'll see how it shakes out as the week goes on. But this Jacksonville-Philly game looks pretty interesting to me. And there's a, a prize picks right now for Trevor Lawrence, 245 and a half yard passing yards. I really like the over for this one. So you look back to last week, it's a little bit of a product of that. He did have 262 against the Chargers. Big result there. But... 235 the week before that, pretty close to this number, 275 the week before that. And I see it as a very similar game to more of his week one game where they played Washington. I think the fact that they're going up against Philly, look, the defense will get after him some, sure. But when you're going up against Jalen Hurts, you're going to get pushed. And I think we do see a little bit of a back and forth here. And that would make sense to me. So when you look at this, I like that over on prize picks. Start with that one for the week. Moving on to DraftKings, that's another spot you can look at him. He's just $5,700, so we'll go there in a second. Let's do a quick overview, though, just looking at these games. So right off the top, Bills-Ravens, 51.5 point total. I think that's going to be a game you see a lot of people target. Last week, Seattle played Atlanta. The game looked like it was going to go nuclear as, as it was halftime, and then it sort of died down. But this week, we've got Cleveland at Atlanta, 49 and a half point total. I think people go back there. I think Chubb will pick up steam. We'll talk about him in a second. And then I think the fact that people saw London, Pitts sort of pick it up a little bit. We know what Mariota's capable of. I think this game could get a little bit popular. Uh, the one that I mentioned just earlier with Trevor Lawrence being in it against Hertz, I definitely think that could pick up steam at a 47 point total. And then the other one that I really think will be popular is Seattle at Detroit. 
as again, the aforementioned Seattle Seahawks played against Atlanta. You saw Geno Smith come out of a shell a little bit. He had Metcalf and Lockett going just a little bit, kind of like Mariota on the other side with London and Pitts. But now we go up against Detroit, who's been in a bunch of high scoring games. So I think we could see this game be a little bit more popular. And then, of course, when we get to the running back news, it came out today. It sounds for sure like Swift will will be out for the week. We'll have to wait and see the official news. Uh, I'm not sure what the latest on it is since I heard it this morning or just about an hour ago. But uh, did not practice Wednesday. Not optimistic about the chances of playing this week. Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing that I saw. So just keep that in mind, guys. When that happens... Obviously, we'll get to Jamal Williams in a second here. That brings Jamal Williams into play. But oftentimes, it also brings game stacks into play because then people start say, or at least secondary stacks on DraftKings where people say, okay, if I'm already playing this free square or what they're calling a free square in Jamal Williams, what am I doing on the other side or how am I working around it? So you will see some of that come out. And then, of course, too, in that very same game, we have to wait. It doesn't sound as serious, at least, for for Amon Ross St. Brown, but... The fact that he is 23 years old, having himself a great stretch of games since week 13 last season and on, uh, last week not the best, but still, the point being with him getting hurt and all that, they may protect him a little bit, so we'll have to wait and see. Pat and myself will have more information on that on the Friday show. And then just scrolling down through, I don't see too much else, to be honest, guys, where there'll just be a ton of people getting after it from the game stack perspective, so everything that I talked about there makes sense to me. The second thing that I want to talk about, just general strategy, broad overview, Running backs this week. Uh, So last week, so this is the thing. You go back to week two. Running back didn't work. What happened last week? Everyone wanted to play cheap running backs, jam in the high-end wide receivers because if running back means nothing, let's not even play them in the flex. People were Xing them out of their flex spot for week three. Let's just play whoever and see what happens. The cheap guys, the Mosterts, the Damon Pierces, the all, all these guys that you could fit in last week and some came through like Pierce. Others did not, like Mostert. So we have that sort of theory that now this week, coming into week four, well, the high-priced wide receivers didn't work last week. Let's go back to the high-priced running backs. And if you look, I know Mayo tweeted it out today on his Twitter about Run the Sims. If you guys haven't checked out RunTheSims.com yet, yet, go to RunTheSims.com. Use promo code Mayo. You can simulate out the games and sort of see how they'll play out to what you want and what that means for players that you want to use. What it really loves, just on the dry run, he, he tweeted this out, was the high-priced running backs. And I think that's going to be true. You see all these options here. Again, something with McCaffrey today. I don't think he practiced today. It doesn't. It's not really believed to be serious, but JT, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Barkley, Chubb, Eckler, a, just a bunch of guys up here that you can see people using with one of somebody else. And in this case, like I said, it's probably Jamal Williams at 6,100. So interestingly enough, you want to look at that. Like last week, Cordero Patterson ran all over. Seattle so I think that will lead to Jamal Williams being very popular in cash etc it makes sense one thing we noted I was looking at this yesterday with my guys Big T and JSU I talked about our show tomorrow for Thursday Night Football we did a preview show for this week and if you look actually for last week Craig Reynolds the backup for Detroit Lions he had six attempts and a target last week and I know the injury stuff, but even the week before, he'd got three attempts and a target. He's 4700 Even DraftKings priced him up just a little bit to be different there. So I would just keep an eye on stuff like that. But in your large field tournaments, if that money can buy you something, it's an extra $1,400 in savings going from Williams to go to down to Craig Reynolds, it might be worth a try in something where it's a large field and you just take the risk on for the same spot. And Jamal Williams, of course, he's going to jam it in if they get to the five-yard line and stuff. But you just never know what a guy like Reynolds could do for you there. So the other thing with that would be, and just staying on the broad broad overview stuff, would be I like Hawkinson 
at 4,100, regardless of who plays for them, as long as like a guy like Swift is out, I think you can go to Hawkinson here and just not play a running back in this game and get different that way. Seven, seven, and four targets. Last week, while he had a few less targets, he did get a touchdown. So uh, I think there's just a guy you can go to here to save some salary and be a little bit different. At quarterback, getting into the, the positions now, Allen Jackson, the two most expensive at eight. Allen Jackson, country singer, by the way. Allen and Lamar Jackson, 8,400 and 8,300 up at the top. I think people are going to flip-flop between them because they're still fairly priced in the sense of what we've seen them do lately, over 40 points and whatnot. And then when you go look at tight end, Mark Andrews is now up to 7,100, but it is fairly easy to fit them in. The one that will be interesting, and I think you'll see Diggs more used this week still, just even though he is the most expensive uh, people people are going to go back to him. So that is the one expensive receiver right off the top that I can see people trying to fit in with their lineups because he just fits in with that game stack and it's got the highest total on the slate. So with that said, uh, it's probably a good idea. You look at a guy like Diggs, at least in your, your higher dollar cash games, things like that, you want a little bit of safety with upside. Last week, not the best DraftKings score at 14.4, but if you do look at it, 11 targets, 74 yards, he was off and on for cramping on the field. So I don't like playing these... $8,400 high-priced receivers that get popular in these large field tournaments because there's just so many guys and stacks and everything that can beat them. But in your cash games, your higher dollar, you're looking to jam in safety and it, you know you can't get much safer than a guy like Stephon Diggs attached to Josh Allen in this type of game environment. So keep that in mind. The Buffalo D looked, or sorry, the Baltimore D looks like they can't keep up with anything and now they get Buffalo, who I think is going to be able to pick them apart, but we should see a good little back and forth. I could see the game still going under, to be honest, but I think it'll be very close to that number. And it's not a number I could bet because that's just too scary to try and fade these two offenses. They're just so good because it could go the complete other way where you see 70 points. I just feel like it just feels too easy on paper. And these guys can still show up. These defenses can pop up at any given time. Um, JPP just signed with the Ravens. Maybe that again, these are older guys that are signing on that we knew them from the past, but on Baltimore side, they got Jason Pierre-Paul, and on the other side, uh, the the Buffalo Bills picked up Xavier Rhodes, so you remember back in the day, so I don't know, those guys I don't expect to help too much, but I'm just saying when you've got some veteran leadership there and guys like that can come in, maybe it sparks some of the younger guys to step up, and that's just, again, all you got to do is see a couple stops on third and short or something like that where they end up kicking a field goal, and that can lead to the total coming down quite a bit where it's not going to be what everybody thinks the game actually is, so keep that in mind when you're building it out. I don't see... Much else at quarterback, like I said, attacking some of those other game environments are ways to get different. Guys like Jared Goff down at 5,900. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence at 5,700. He may pick up steam. It's still early in the week. But when you got Jalen Hurts at 8,200, and that's another note to make, he's $100 less than Lamar Jackson, 200 less than Allen. Usually he's been much cheaper these past few weeks, and now he's finally got to a price point where we have to make that decision. I think he actually comes in a little bit lower owned than those guys above him. But at the, on the same token, getting to the other side of the game for just $5,700, if you can make it work, it might be worth a shot. Something like Lawrence to Kirk, run it back with AJ Brown. I think that's an interesting way to go about that stack because you can still stack Hertz with AJ Brown and it's cheaper than Allen with Diggs. So that's another way to look at the same scenario I'm talking about. Again, just early thoughts, but I'm just trying to think out loud as we go through it live here doing the show. So I think that's one way to look at it. We talked about running back. Like I said, I think a lot of people are going to use Jamal Williams and pay up, right? That's what we're going to see going down the board. There's other guys that you can look at in these games, in these spots. It's just hard to trust. So 
as the week goes on Friday, this is definitely the segment you're going to want to stick, stay tuned for and, st- and stick with us because we're going to get to all this stuff on Friday and I'll have a better idea of who some of these cheaper running backs are that we can go to early on. I don't see anything that crazy that I want to get after again, looking for something in that Baltimore or sorry, the, yeah, the Baltimore Buffalo game. Another one we talked about last night was, was James Cook. James Cook got five targets last game. And again, Singletary got even more. But I'm saying, if you think about this game, Singletary's in a great spot. He can be a guy that you go to here if you trust that that's going to continue. But the fact they were getting James Cook that involved last game, and now we get this back and forth against a, a team like Baltimore where the defense has been horrible so far. But if it shows up, you could need to use someone like him. So I think that's another guy you could just get a little bit different with. But wide receiver, I do want to talk about a little bit because like I said, you've got all these guys that people don't necessarily want to pay up for. Devontae Adams, we'll see about the St. Brown injury. A.J. Brown, who I love, I just talked about earlier. Pittman, who came back last week and did his thing and gets a great matchup here against Tennessee. Williams, we got to wait and see on the Allen news. But again, Mike Williams is right there at 7,000. All these guys up here, like I I mentioned already, D.K. Metcalf and Lockett in that Seattle-Detroit game. Um, Cooper Rush looked pretty good. Lamb, you know, is right there at 6,700. We just saw him on Monday Night Football drop an easy touchdown Someone said it best. I forget who it was, but it was great. He had the best play of the game and the worst play of the game. The worst play of the game for C.D. Lamb was when he dropped that what should have been touchdown. was right there. Perfect. I'm not sure if he thought the safety was coming right at him or what, but uh, he wasn't close. And then you look at the other side of things there. He made that one-handed toe-tap grab in the end zone there after he got the catch to get them to that one-yard line, which sort of changed the slate completely. So I think that's something to keep an eye on here. Uh, Sounds like Gallup will be back this week. Again, you could take that as a negative towards Lamb, but you could also take it as now teams have to look at a guy at least going after covering Gallup a little bit more, and you've got a guy like C.D. Lamb at just 6,700. So I could see some options here. Kirk, who I talked about already, is there. There, There's a lot of pretty good options in this range. So if people are going to look at week three and say, that killed me, that burned me, I'm going to pay down this week now and get to some of these lower guys that worked out last week, I think you can find some good spots here. And there's uh, there's other spots too, guys. Like there's, you know, DJ Moore is now down to 5,300. Hasn't showed up yet. But again, that's the whole point. Uh, Chark, if for whatever reason, St. Brown ends up being out, Chark is in the mix down here. Uh, lots of other guys that you can go to. So again, stay tuned to Friday's show. We'll have all this stuff covered for you guys. Lastly, tight end. We're not going to spend any time on defense today. Pat and I cover that in depth on Friday. It's a great segment because he actually pulls up all the rush rates. He pulls up. So we, we talk through it like, who actually is going to have the pass attempts and what, what do we see actual opportunities versus who are people playing just because they're cheap or just because there's a perceived good spot. But tight end, I want to talk about, because like I mentioned with Mark Andrews at 7,100 and he's, he's easily played because even when you play that quarterback Diggs and Andrews, let's just plug it in. Let's go Andrews, Diggs, and let's use, let's use Josh Allen, right? People just assume because obviously Baltimore secondary has been horrible. You've got 4,300, You go to Jamal Williams at 6,100 and get him in there. You have 4,000. You go down to a cheap D. I'm just going to plug in. I don't know. Let's go. uh, Who do we got here? Houston versus Herbert. Let's say that Houston's at home. Herbert's still coming back. I mean, he looked bad last game, was still banged up. I don't know how they kept him in that long, but they got destroyed by the Jags. So let's just say we plug Houston here. You still have 4,400 remaining. There is going to be punt wide receivers that come into play here, obviously. So once you plug that in, you know, a $3,500 guy and let's say another $4,500 guy, just making things up, you still have 4,800 per spot left. I think people are going to be very comfortable with that style of build. So we're not going to build it out completely, 
But just to give you that idea, that's where I think you'll see a little bit where you can actually go different at tight end and just pay down to some of these other guys. Again, people are going to be paying down, but when you saw Pitts come back to life last week, you see guys like Goddard in that game against Jacksonville. I think most will be staying in this Hawkinson, who I mentioned earlier, 4,100 and up. If we can pay down at tight end in that same build that we just talked about, you now have a lot more money to spend at these other wide receiver positions where I said there's plenty of guys from 5,300 and up. And then if you don't even sack the game that we just talked about and you just can move off to one of those other spots, let's do one more bill before we get out of here. Go down to $5,700, our guy that we talked about, Lawrence. So you go Lawrence, you go Kirk. I I love this build already. You go AJ Brown. You look at that. Even if you want to plug in Williams because he's in a good spot and you're already more than unique, you have that same 4,800 per spot. But remember, we haven't put the same D in. So you put the Texans D in. You go in now, you've got 5,500 per slot left. And then you can look at it, like I said, if you want to get down to, let's do another flip here. Let's go off Jamal Williams for a second. Let's get in Hawkinson, who I talked about earlier as a, a leverage spot here, right? Because you're going to somebody in the same game, in the same perceived good matchup, right? At the same spot, I should say, like the matchups, the running back matchup, but it's because of an injury. You're just picking a different spot within the same game. You plug in Hawkinson, you now have almost 6,000 left per, per position. So if you go down there from that and look at it, even if you go a little bit different and just go down, uh, who was the guy I was looking at earlier? I'm just trying to find it here now. Uh, I talked about James Cook, right? I talked about James Cook. If you wanted to go off that, let, let's do something different though. Here's a, here's a great way to play this, I think, actually. Just another way to look at this. So let's actually go to Singletary. So here's the thought on this process as I'm going through it, just talking out loud. If you're not playing Williams at 6,100, Singletary is a way to get, and you're not in the Buffalo Miami game, or sorry, Buffalo Baltimore game that we talked about earlier, but you want to play something, a piece of that game. You could play Singletary, who is a pivot off of Jamal Williams. I just talked earlier about the leverage position where instead of playing Williams for Detroit in the good spot with the injury behind him, likely you go to Hawkinson. This is a way to build your lineups where you're playing the leverage in Hawkinson over Williams and you're doubling down by playing the pivot to him to Jamal Williams by going to Singletary for 200 bucks less. And because you're not on Allen Diggs at Andrews or Lamar Andrews Diggs or anything about that stacking out the game that way, you're getting a piece of that Buffalo Baltimore game. You now have 6,059.66 to be exact left per position with one running back, one wide receiver and one flex. And you've got Lawrence to Kirk, run it back with AJ Brown. You've got a cheap defense. I used Houston just as the example that we gave on the previous lineup build. You've got Hawkinson leverage over Williams and Singletary as the pivot off of Williams. And I think that's a really good setup for a lineup this week, just as a way to get it started. I think it's a good way, uh, a good spot just to leave it there. That's how we'll set it up for you guys. You can use that when you take this information and put it together with the show Mayo and I are going to do on Friday. You will have a lot more information and ways to actually fill this out. I'll probably bring this up again to be honest, because I just think it's a good way that you can build for this slate. You could switch up Hawkinson and go to Chark instead if you wanted. If Amon Ross St. Brown ends up being out, I don't know if he will be, but point being, that's just my thought process on how to build sort of a unique lineup that's still correlated, that still makes sense and tells a story. And we are still incorporating the, the higher total games by using Jacksonville Philly and Buffalo running back Singletary in that spot. So 
We'll leave it for there for this week, guys. I think it was a good show going through it. We got a bunch of prize picks laced throughout it. Going to bounce back there. Got the Thursday night football takes where hopefully we can ship again. At least, you know, in my case, I'd love to do that. Love to see one of you guys do it out there as well. Of course, find me on Twitter, at ToeTagandTambo. Tag me there. Hit me up if you guys have any big wins. Always love to see that stuff. Love doing these shows. Leave a comment if you want to see anything different. If you like the format, if you want something else from me, that's fine. I'll love to add to the show. We try and keep it sort of fast and furious as quick as we can to get all the pertinent information to you with then some ideas for the upcoming week. But that's going to do it for this week, guys. For myself, Toe Tag and Tambo, good luck in your contest this week, and we'll see you next time.